This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder James Boy came to give him life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation We got the power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd, and here with me I have Rich Lotto. What's going on, man? Oh no! Yes, yes. I see our, our yes. recording is going the way of Ben Simmons. Yes, bro. We recorded like it did not show up. We were like twenty minutes into a NBA playoffs uh, section of this show, and then I look and I'm like, "How come Rich's like audio dropped out?" Look, go through it, start it back up. Still do mic tests. He still doesn't show up. Look through the settings. This dumbass app that I have just defaulted to your settings working every single week on a Monday or a Sunday decided, nah, use a setting where it doesn't pick up Rich's audio at all. So we have to start over. We're going to speed Man. through. Uh, we're going to speed through the playoffs to get to, to get to our point we were talking about. Ben Simmons is a joke, a fraud. He has progressively gotten worse in the playoffs. <laughs> Every single playoffs he's been in since 2006, uh, sorry, 18. I'm sick of watching him uh, let down Embiid. Embiid has done everything in his power to become the basketball player that he is, where he was the best basketball player when he was healthy on the floor this year. And we're at a point where he, we have to make these concessions to where Embiid, the best post uh, offensive threat we've seen since maybe motherfucking Shaq, has to face up and be 20 feet away, 25 feet away from the basket at times to, to get space for Ben Simmons' non-offensive ass. I'm sorry. I've been over this rant before. It was a lot more um, nice and concerning before. I don't have time for it because I'm pissed off that we lost his audio. So he's going to have to fill it. And I, he ain't the worst person he's, got, he got, or, or he's had to hear this from. Um, this week or whatever else so it is what it is sorry Ben Simmons but I'm not sorry I want you off this fucking team I want you playing somewhere else away from Embiid so Embiid can unleash his full potential away from your trifling ass if you want if you want if I if I'm too harsh I'm sorry shoot a basketball in a game when it counts send him to the Shanghai Sharks (laughs) Look, maybe if he goes to a Euro League, he would actually, to a foreign league, like a Euro League, he would actually get better. Think how many guys we've seen in in the NBA not make it, uh, get drafted over else, take their ass to Europe, play them grown-ass tough men, learn how to play in a way to make it work for themselves and come back. Maybe he will get a jumper if he was out there playing uh, uh, some of our Serbian brothers. 
man. Um, yeah, Ben Simmons is doing shit I haven't seen since like LeBron melted down in the 2011 finals, and this may have been worse. This was um, way worse. He wasn't afraid. Of- he he never shot 30 percent from the foul line. He never passed no. up dunks. Passing up dunks, uh, completely just coward, just absolute cowardice, and like just you know. I, I've been on this fuck Ben Simmons for about two years now, and um, this, this feels all really good, you know, to, to, to see the world finally uh, arrive to the party. My, um, my I, I don't, I don't think Ben Simmons, you are not a point guard. You need to, you need to go ahead and, and put PF next to your um, uh, thing instead of PG because this isn't the way to win. And I, I've seen people kill guys like Russell Westbrook for for quote unquote sabotaging their team like um, in, in ways that did like were never this is way more anything offensive. like this. This is way more offensive. Like this is ridiculous. This is way more offensive. Way more offensive. Like Russell Westbrook's issue is he plays so goddamn hard, and this is, you can all say it's for Blake Griffin in his prime. They play so goddamn hard that they have no gas, and the way that manifests is they make mistakes in the games because. That's how it manifests, right? To where like they can't make, they don't make sound decisions, or they turn the ball over, I drop dribbling the ball off their foot, or they can't make shots. They have no legs. That is something you can live with, depending on uh, what kind of team setup you has. It just didn't work out for those two, right? Like we talked about, we were talking about the meltdown uh, with Doc Rivers, uh, and we'll get to that in passing as well. But like that 2015 team, Blake was incredible in that playoffs, but you look at what happened at the end of uh, for, of that 2015 series against the Rockets, where it's like, these games were close, he basically emptied the gun uh, in the first three and a half quarters, it had nothing left, and it was left on Chris's shoulders, and like, that team was literally playing four on five on offense for all them years. Sometimes three on five until Blake finally got a, a jumper out to pass 12 feet, but um, with Embiid, it's a, I, do, I want the, or not Embiid, I'm sorry, when it's, uh, with Simmons, it's, I have the ball, I, these teams do not, are not threatened by any action ran off me, because I can't, because I can't short roll, because Embiid's on the other opposite block, because, and there's, so there's a big there to mess all that stuff up, and also, he doesn't want to get fouled, so therefore, he's not really going to go in there for real, like, is is we're done, like, you said take PG off his name and put PF. How about this? Put DS there and make and he is dunk dunker spot. Like he is, <laughs> he's basically he's basically um, at this point. Like I don't know DeAndre or like Pete DeAndre Jordan except six ten with a handle. Like he's that offensively useless. My God, like I I don't know what happened to him. Uh, or what has happened to him over the years? He's just deconstructed to. That's levels the thing. That he's gotten worse progressively like, every playoffs. Every play, every play, every postseason, he's gotten worse. Yeah, man, it's um, it's stunning to 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 see something like this. And he was the exact opposite of um, you know, the other game seven we saw, where we saw dudes playing with their hearts, emptying the gun, right, going after it. Right. Meanwhile, Ben Simmons don't want none of it. Like, bro, he don't even want to dunk. Like, bro, in that game five when they lost, uh, when they blew that, um, when they blew that game when the, with like a twenty-five point lead in the second half, right? Like, Embiid had thirty-seven and thirteen. What? On a torn meniscus. Right. 
That's a, that's another thing about this. They, he missed game one and then has played played two through seven on the Terminuses and is sensational for mo- for most of the series. Like granted, like I think uh I think you know games game four he he was really bad in the um in in that fourth quarter or whatever else. But it's like, hey man, like this is a dude that has improved his his game and expanded his game every year he's been in the league when he's been upright and healthy. Meanwhile, Ben Simmons literally has not expanded a goddamn thing um, since he's been in the league. Like this is he's twenty four years old. He was the first pick in what two thousand sixteen draft. Fifteen, no sixteen. 2017, 2017 rookie, 18, 19, 20, 21. This is five years. We haven't improved in five years offensively. You know who this sounds a lot like? And he, But this man was never afraid to shoot the ball. Sounds like Tyreek Evans. <laughs> but, like, yes. But you didn't I, have to tell Tyreek Evans to shoot. Right, right. This thing is, like, just at a point to where it's like, bro, you six foot 10, you 240 pounds, you are the only person I have ever seen be able to literally wall off, stop, and control LeBron James moving at full speed. You are that kind of defensive talent and athlete, right? And, and that kind of body control and power with it. You you get a baseline turn spin where you lose the ball for a split second, and you are you have a foot on the on the uh, restricted line, and then you and. And you pass the ball to tie ball who's on the other side of the rim with his defender between the ball and him to get fouled? Dunk the fucking basketball. What's wrong with you? Yeah, man. Um like, I heard his explanation is he's afraid Gallinari was going um, you know, basically after he got behind him, was gonna swipe from behind. It, Gallinari ain't did no shit like that. He's Taurus ACL in 2015. Stop yeah, it. Man, I saw Gallinari and I was like, Gallinari's still in the league. Right. Especially like, he's that, on that level now. Especially after how bad he was in OKC last year in that uh, in that Rocket series, we can't decide of a barn. Yeah, um, like I just I ha- I, 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 was the, I was really disgusted with Ben Simmons and like he's somebody that like I he's somebody that like I I have like defended and thought like you know he'll figure it out eventually, but like after that game six, I was like nope, wash my hands of him. He's fucked. It's a wrap. And then game seven, like, oh, to be on that, for them to win game six after blowing that lead, for them to win game six in a row, come back game seven, just to let the home fans down, get to the point uh, at the end of that. And then for that for that play to happen is like, this is the, a crystallizing moment for that city, that fan base to know that is never fucking happening with that guy. Y'all need to move on. And the thing is, it's so funny it that Philadelphia – a city that has booed, you know, people talk about how shitty uh, Philadelphia is and saying and passing and to be funny when it's about how they booed Santa. How about the times them, them fuck them, them fuck niggas booed uh, Michael Irvin after he had a got stretched off with a neck injury? These are terrible people. I'm sorry for them with the process, the way they were out here babying Markel Fultz because he made free throws occasionally before they finally shipped his ass out of time town. Just for them to baby Ben Simmons all them years. Uh, in, in a situation where he never got better offensively, you would see him and pick up uh, and he pick up open gyms with M- other NBA players, like when uh, like famously, almost famously, like that same Ben Simmons jump shot reel in that gym was that same day where you had um, Devin Booker and Noah talking about getting double te- about double teaming um, Booker in open gym, right? That's a, that's a lot of one of those famous open gyms on Twitter the last few years, right? 
for him to hit them shots there and, and be out here thinking that he's going to tease us like with that with the possibility that could happen in, in an organized b- basketball game. The fuck out of here. Boy. Get him out of here. I'm done. We're, I, I'm, we're, we're done. That's doctor footage. That's, yeah. that's doctor footage. Get, get him out of here. Get him out of here. Send him to another team. Make him a power. Make him a big and whatever else. Like for somebody to be that kind of defensive force to where he literally had uh, Trey Young about the whole about the basically uh, get clowned on Twitter for a whole week for how much he stunk up that fucking game, and then basically like nullify all the good work he did on defense by being completely just shook, shooketh. Like nah, we're done. We're done. Good luck for whatever team takes him for $140 million. It's a wrap. I hate everything the Sixers have stood for for the last half decade. The losing, the fucking dorks, the geeks, the spreadsheets, the the draft, uh, you know, jiggery and uh, all the Sam Hinky shit, even though he's gone, their fans identified and, and, and identified themselves and bought into that, all that bullshit. It's over. Rich. Benito. It, look, the Hawks did it, have rebuilt themselves in half of that time while while the yeah. Sixers were doing that shit, re- ruining these young guys' careers and turning them into fucking losers like like Nerlens Noel and Jaleel Okafor and all the, and just all these fuck these dudes who have never lost coming to the franchise and, and they got their fans saying, "Oh, it's okay, we just gonna lose and not be competitive." Where's your heart at? Like fuck all that shit. Like and, and forget, then like forget that part. Yeah, forget, forget that part. Right. You want to rebuild and stink? Fine. Do it like how OKC is doing. They made the playoffs last year. They have a they have half a million draft picks in the next decade. Boy, there were there were ways everybody understood. Like and that's the thing where they got annoying on Twitter when people were like, "You're just not smart enough to understand." No, we all understand. We just think there are ways. There there are excellent ways between we're going to flat out tank for half a decade. <laughs> or, or close to half a decade, and be, literally be anti-competitive, right? Like, like to, to to try to to try to serve your fans his, trash. Like, like you can, like you can absolutely go be a place where like we have some young guys, and we will turn them over, and we'll have like one veteran star, and we'll stink for a couple years while we get all this draft capital up to start, you know, moving up drafts, getting the next this gruntle star, whatever else. That's what OKC is doing. No one's complaining about OKC. They made the playoffs last year. While tanking, you could have done this. Like there are ways to go. There are ways to help Miami Heat. They never tank. They made the finals last year. There are always ways to do this besides just saying we're going to tank it out or whatever else. And the thing about taking it out is, hey, bro, what are the odds you're going to actually draft every the right people every single time? They didn't even do that even a third of the time. They got Embiid and he was bad and he had a bad back, so he it, fell he, to them at like what three, three, four, a uh, three, I think. I think he went three or four, three or four. Okay. You're right, three or four. You're right, right. He falls to them because if his back is healthy, he goes number one. Sorry, uh, uh I'm sorry, sorry Jabari, sorry, uh, Andrew, you're not going first if he's healthy. Like that was the secret thing about him is like he had his bad back or whatever else, but it, whatever we'll go we'll go past that right. All you have to do is draft Mark. All you have to do is with the first pick draft Jason Tatum instead of slot instead of. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, all you have to do is stay at the third with the third pick, and and draft a Jason Tatum. All you have to do. All you have to do. 
You the way that Ainge fleeced them, bro. If if Tatum is there, they've won a title by now. <laughs> if Tatum is there, they 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 would have won a title by now, right? If Jimmy Butler doesn't leave, they probably have won a title by now. Look, Jim. Look, Jimmy Butler knew. Well, I bet I bet if we got a Jimmy Butler off the record uh, interview right now, he'll tell you about Ben Simmons. They didn't want to pay him. Yeah. So, you know that work out. You don't want to pay Jimmy Butler after he had a forty point triple double in Game Six of the NBA Finals, one of the greatest games of the last decade. You didn't want to pay that guy, but what you will do is max out Ben Simmons and pay him one hundred fifty million dollars for the next five years or whatever else. When he when he's afraid to get what well, he's. Look, we have seen people be afraid to be fouled. We have never seen people be afraid to to literally hold the ball and breathe below the free throw line like him. Like, we've seen Blake Griffin in playoff games be afraid to be fouled, right? Yeah, you can say that. Especially early on. Especially like the 2012, 2013 uh, years, like when, when, you know, when Del Negro was still running around or whatever else, right? Hell, Shaq didn't want to get fouled. Shaq didn't want to get fouled. Rondo didn't want to get fouled in playoff games. They weren't afraid to be on the court and, and dribble the ball. <laughs> so we, this yeah, is like, this is now like our second segment, and we have and now we have basically. I think this one was actually better. Just to, it is. I, I, I was just like furious, but all right. So I'm not even gonna go with the Doc, the Doc Rivers thing. We talked about that. Uh, whatever else, he's had disaster. He's had a disaster in the playoffs. This is just the latest one. The title. This is the newest one, and this one he went back to back with him, back to back. Boy. So, um, yeah, as far as moving on to uh, the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. That's enough for the Hawks for for, for getting it done. Yeah. So, you think this series – I was basically dismissive saying, like, hey, man, I think the Bucs are going to smoke the Hawks. You think it's going to be competitive. Um, We're going to see, bro. Like, I I just don't think they – I don't think they match up well with them, especially especially as far as size. And, like, they have nobody. Nobody that can um they can stop Giannis, not a soul. I just I I just well, I I don't think the the Hawks is gonna be and trying to play and he to ain't stop. A, and he ain't afraid. He ain't afraid to breathe while holding the basketball. <laughs> so, so yeah, like I I just feel like the Hawks have like um they've really introduced themselves. I think yes this to this new like national kind of. Spotlight, you know, you yeah. look, look at the teams that are left, and it's like a lot Collins, of new faces. Collins is cool. Um, Trey's cool. Um, Herder, Herder got this for the rest of his life. He got that. Oh yeah, he got, he's good. He he, he's good in the NBA forever. Yeah, he got it for the rest of his life. Um, so, you, so and, and you I got, think they, the, mm-hmm. the 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 cool thing about them is like they haven't had home court advantage. They knocked the one seat off, so it's like they'll go in there your building and play you and yeah. maybe beat you. So yeah. like. You know, I I don't think it's just the, this walkover um, for the Bucks, but the Bucks uh, very happy that they made it this far. I you know, in some ways, I, I can't be be sad that the Nets lost because I some of the stuff that I thought the Nets was doing, like the way all these players tanked and like tried to get to that roster, like Blake Griffin, James Harden showing up out of shape and well, and forcing okay. his way to, to the thing. I didn't like it, like and, right. and I thought it was just. I thought I, I thought it was uh when when I hear about people cheating the game like that's what cheating the game feels like like you don't like no nah, it's, it's it's anti-competitive it's it's all that it's just like they just thought all this shit was was that easy and maybe it is but like 
this is what's waiting for you on the other side when you come in heavy and, and all that. All of a sudden, you got to play yourself back into shape, and then them hamstrings don't fire up. Then you're doing all this load management or whatever, all these taking these games off, sitting out and everything, and then you waiting to, to fire up, and then, oh, you – it just ain't there. You you land the wrong way. And some of that stuff is maybe you can't really control it, but it all kind of looks funny when you add it all back up. Steve Nash, uh, you know, <laughs> just, just roll the ball out. Oh, you think it's that easy, huh? I mean, <laughs> it kind of was. <laughs> like, we're, we're talking oh. about, like, two inches on some big-ass feet. And it's funny. Like, I didn't realize how big Kevin Durant's feet were, and I was like, oh, yeah, okay, but whatever. Like, What I will say about that is like, look, I, the Harden thing—he clearly taped. I, I don't, I don't really care. Like, if these, if this guy doesn't want to play there anymore, he don't want to play there anymore. Like, make the trade. Like, bro, they could have had. Word was Philly could have had Harden for for Ben Simmons. Can you fuck, boy? God damn it! Like, if if James Harden just if they can just if they can just get James Harden. Uh, for 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 Ben Simmons, you pair that with Embiid and uh Seth Curry, you might have a title right there. Whatever. Um, but I think the thing is like, I don't. The Blake thing is different. Like, I, I at least I, I feel that it's different. It's like he was on this team. He's in fucking Siberia. He never wanted to be traded there. He got screwed over for being there anyway. He tried hard. He had injuries or whatever else. I watched with my own two eyes early at the beginning of the season and like. He looked more done than Westbrook did at the beginning of the season. I thought he – so I was like, the fact that he was able to contribute anything in the playoffs is shocking to me. Now, people are saying that he's sandbagging and this and the third. Of course, like, that man didn't dunk for two years. Bro, he had so many surgeries on his on his lower half that it's like, I think he just got healthy. Especially – think about Blake Griffin, what, we know, what we've seen of Blake Griffin over the years. Like, I don't – I've never considered that dude to be a tanker. Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe I'm giving him too much credit, but it's like I've seen how hard that dude played in his prime. I saw how hard that dude was out there playing in fucking Detroit of all places when he was healthy, and then like he had just came back. Look, when it's time, look, when it's time for you to try to get off a team, you know, <laughs> shit, shit get real different, you know. Um, so, yeah. so what? So, so DeAndre called him and said, "Hey, bro, how about you? Uh, you, you slide yeah, start through, start laying this it way? down." Okay. Yeah. You know the calls were made. Uh, the Rock, the Rock Nation had picked up the, the phone. You know, you know, and say, "Hey, we we know we gonna try to get you because we can't let you go to the clutch sports." So, you know, and um, I think I think we on, on think, the flip side, I think we'd be remiss if we don't talk about Durant. Yeah, man. Um, um I think that. This last week was that the best week of basketball. All world. I think this last week was the last was the best week of basketball he played. He's ever played. I don't think I've ever seen him better. Um, this man off the off the Achilles. This man has defeated an Achilles injury. What? That's the craziest thing about it. Um, yeah, like sucks. It, it sucks for him. You know, they tried to, you know, they tried to run a scheme for, for, for the championship. But, like, you saw, like, when that man was back against the wall, like, that man's heart is huge. And, like, he he was just a fucking god on the court. Like, and, that's, and that's the thing that was, like, when people got so upset with him um, go, joining the, the, the Warriors, like, I understood it. I just don't care. But I understood it. It's like 
we all kind of know how fucking all-time great you are, guy. Like, it kind of sinks that you're also on the same team with someone that's also, like, another fucking alien. Um, like, I get it. It didn't bother me. It's like, whatever. Like, they're going to be they're gonna be the best best team I've ever seen, so, like, I don't care. Um, but I get how people ha- felt that way. But, like, the way people have discounted and discredited him as far as his worth as a basketball player these last few years because he was on that team, like... I thought that like people would have let it go after he, you know, came back for game uh, game six and tore his Achilles. And no, then, then, that man stopped LeBron from winning rings. And then he's he, gonna have to carry that forever. And then he won another. <laughs> and then he, you know, and then he goes to another team that's a, that turns to a super team, and they get mad at him again. And it's like, bro, like I don't think y'all understand what you you kind of see here. Like I don't think we've ever had eight basketball talents ever in ever in this sport as good as Kevin Durant. I don't think we have. He is that special. And, like, this week, this past week, was a glimpse of the stuff we thought that we could have seen, like, the last half decade. But, like, we saw it in a, in a, in a less potent dose at times. But, like, this was this was always within him. This was, this was what we saw within him, like, back in, t- from, what, 2011. So... Um, yeah. in this series, like it felt like it was real competition. Like there were, it, it was teams that this was, was his team two that, that came up. It, it was like a team that has come up and and did it like the right way, like mm-hmm. with the Bucks and all that. And then you got your your super team with the Nets, and then the Nets just start one by one kind of falling off, and Durant yeah. evens it out. And, it, and it's like, man, like I, I feel like the real competition like has has been missing in the playoffs, like outside the finals pretty much this whole last decade so like this felt really good to watch yeah and like i just thought it was fun i thought it was fun and like <laughs> to see like him and pj tucker and like that's the crazy thing about it is like pj tucker and chris middleton are like if not for them granted he scored damn near 50 twice so like I understand it's like, well, they score 50 on them. Do you watch the fucking game? They are doing, they are exhausting that dude to get them buckets. And he's still just getting because he's incredible. He's one, he's maybe the greatest shot maker we've ever seen. So it's like, if not for Middleton and Tucker wearing him out the way they did throughout the, that, the, the game seven in those 48 minutes, like Durant probably goes nuts in overtime and wins. He exhausted him to where he had nothing left in, in overtime. And I don't think that should be a shame. Or if if you're someone that's saying that he didn't he didn't score any points in overtime, da da da, and makes him or look, makes him, you're fucking out, moron. Look, you're moron. He went out firing. It, it it wasn't like he didn't take a shot. It wasn't like there you was know, nothing he ran le- from it. There was nothing left. He had. There was nothing it, left. He look, had. It wasn't like he choked. Right. Like even though he like airballed the shot at the end, I I could really care less. Right. Like at that point, right. like that was a, and, that was you're not supposed to make that shot. No way. Yeah, and he made it just like five minutes earlier. Right. Like, <laughs> right. Like, um, one one thing I'll say about this series that I drew, like this that game seven reminded me so much of like some of those like long main event championship matches we've seen over the uh, over the years in Japan. Whereas like you know the ones I love like look how look how desperate and exhausted these people are just trying to not lose the, the will to win is so high i love it and to see like Yon's like he's about to fucking drop chris middleton like jesus Man christ for respect 
Chris Middleton is out there. I think he played like 50-something minutes of that game. Has After P.J. Tucker fouls out, he, he, he ha, he's the one that has to guard Durant. He's making buckets in overtime. Um, Giannis is out here fighting his ass off, like posting up. Posting up at the end of in crunch time, a fourth quarter overtime on the left block, which is like we we know how hard that is to do, and he's still making some ha- making shit happen. Like Drew Holiday after stinking for most of the game, making those three straight baskets in the crunch time. Harden's out there on one fucking leg, playing like fifty one or fifty two minutes. Actually, I think he only missed like thirty seconds of the game. Like all them dudes playing their hearts out, and then like to see Ben Simmons on this on the, on the other side of the bracket with that bullshit. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. But um, but yeah, man. Like you know what I just noticed, it's, it's a lot of mama mentality dudes left. Right. You know, Book. Yep. Giannis. Yep. Trey Young. Yep. <laughs> That's, uh, I can't think of no Clipper. Like you know. <laughs> oh, like, don't do that. It would be Kawhi. You know, I, don't do that. It would definitely be Kawhi. You know that. He just hurt. he's not in the series war. Do you think he tore his ACL? That's what they said, but they, I don't well, know. That man always he always broke up. Well, so they, this is what they say: there's an ACL injury, but no one will confirm or deny whether or not it's an ACL. Okay, if they lose the series, they'll confirm it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, like, it's a ligament, so you can't sprain your ACL. It's just normally whenever someone has a kind of has an ACL injury. Almost, it feels like nine times out of ten is like nah, that shit just ripped. This shit's actually just torn. Um, mm. But yeah, it's just yeah, man. Like I think that the uh, I think it, I don't think it's coming back. I don't. I don't. Um, like when he didn't travel to when he didn't travel, I was like, Ugh. like that's not that's I not keep, like I keep that man at home. That's not like it's some long trip either. Like that is like I mean from hell. Think about it. Like. Uh, Chris Paul still owns his uh, his LA house. He still lives in LA. He didn't move. Like he flies out every single time from Phoenix back, back and forth. Like that is so for him to be like, nah, I'm making that trip is like uh, that's kind of ominous. Um, but but yeah, man. Like Devin Booker was sensational in Game One against the uh, against the Clippers. Uh, Paul George was also great in uh, the first three quarters of that game. I think he ran out of gas. Um, from having to carry, which is like this weird thing where it's like, what is it with these, what is it with like somebody being a great player, which Paul George always has been a great player, but once you make them not the guy and like mentally they know they're not the guy, like when, when he's playing with Russell or he's playing or what Westbrook, he's playing with Kawhi that makes you like, I know it's to try to, you know, make it make the team be better but it's like bruh if y'all both gunning <laughs> if, if y'all both gunning y'all gonna be better like it, it's like the only time i've seen it really work really where it's like someone actually legitimately takes a back seat and it works out as like way but like that was forced upon him because like his athleticism and his knees just clearly was just went on him after 2011 like he had to make that concession that concession was made for him by by god it was it wasn't like <laughs> it wasn't like he's like you know what? I, I can still do this it's like nah bro like i'm kind of i kind of need to take a back seat like Still like when Kobe, like Kobe, never, Kobe didn't take no back seat. Obviously, he was younger and, and full of piss and vinegar and a mean son of bitch. Took, but I think I think Steph took a back seat. You could I, on the court. I, at least. I feel like okay. 
I feel like it's almost mentally he did. But like as far as like him always having the ball, he had the ball more than Durant did. I, I, I think I think ultimately like you might be right, but I think the thing is like those two those I'm sorry, I said those two. Those four were so fucking I'm sorry. Those fuck I'm sorry. <laughs> like like between their their team with the amount of talent offensively and skill they had was so above everything else it was like maybe he did. It didn't matter. They still just won. So um I, I you know, you I'm trying to think. You know what? I'm going to say yeah, because like Durant was the one that mostly did most of the bailing out for them um, in their hardest series against the Rocks for, for, for uh, Chris Torres' hamstring. So, I, I, so, so given like when actually like shit actually hit the fan, it, it really was Durant. So, so yeah, I'll, yeah, you're right. You're, now I'm thinking about it more. You're right. I never really thought of it that way because I'm like, who, who was, who was really the alpha for that one? Is like, they both alphas. Y'all get y'all get swept. This shit don't matter. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah. I just I, I I'm just really excited for the series uh, for the Bucks. I'm really and I I think what will you be your finals picks? Mine mine right now will be Suns in uh, in Bucks. I think I'm right there with you, Suns and okay. Bucks. I can't I can't ever pick the Clippers or anything. <laughs> it would just go against everything. <laughs> Quite frankly, so I feel like the Bucks should be the favorites. I think they're the only team left that uh, has been hardened through losses, and it feels mm-hmm. like the old way, like they're breaking through each step to get a little bit closer, and then they finally get there. Uh, it feels like it's like kind of written like that, and uh, a lot of new faces uh, in these playoffs, which is a good thing. Yeah, um, like dude, because because next this. year, like the Lakers are going to come back, and then mm-hmm. they're going to have to play some of these dudes that are you know, come back tested. Too. Yeah, uh, the Nets are the Nets are going to come back. The Warriors are going to come back, yep. and then you know it, it, this is what we call creating new stars, baby. <laughs> so I was thinking about this uh, just earlier today. How pissed does Devin Booker have to be that like he he very much is on that same thing with Kyrie was like great great watch, great stats bad team start out your career are you a point guard are you not a point guard are you just a guard blah 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 blah. size da 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 makes people decide that you are this set of that right and then it happened earlier and then kind of same situation like obviously it's a bigger deal LeBron ends up in Cleveland but like Chris Paul ends up in Phoenix and the team is now very good like Devin Booker has to like I think he signed a Nike. He has to have his own shoe in like the next two years, right? Yes. Like them shit's gonna sell like hotcakes. Like his like, game is. You know what? And remember, he remember might years even ago, get something like, more unique going for himself with the car thing. Like you know, he's doing these things, pulling up all these old schools. Oh, you mean like, you know, whatever? Oh, he might oh, get a mean, commercial. Oh, you mean being something. from? Oh, you mean acting like a person, like like a, like a young man from Mississippi from with a lot of money? You mean acting yes. like himself? Yeah. Like yes. well, I remember um, seeing him pull up the Staples, and he had an all black Grand National. I was like, huh? I was like, oh yeah, he's from Mississippi. Yeah, that that'll happen. That happens. Um, but yeah, I just uh. I remember watching him early in his career years ago, and I was thinking to myself, like, you will see the numbers, you know, the 70-point game is when people will point to, but it's like, you'll watch him, and it's just like, dude, he's special, but, like, he's on this, t- on this bad team, and you were talking about how teams built, you know, t- you killed the process before, and you're like, this is a team that built the right way. Like, 
Yep. This is a team that got Booker, then got Aiden in that draft. It's now like, you know, Aiden went first, and, you know, that's that's in front of Luka and, and Trey. But it's like Aiden has now developed so much where it's like you just shrug. Like, oh, oh you know, like people will still clown, like, the, the Trey-Luka thing. But it's like they traded out, and they still got – and both these – all three of these dudes going to be all-stars. Like, what, it's not like you draft the Dark Horse or some shit, right? <laughs> um, but – I, I just think that it's really cool that, like, this team built this way. Booker was the first person there. Like, he was miscast, and he had to play point guard because of his size. And he was really a score-first a, a score first person with that range, with that handle, with that mid-range game. And then he gets Chris Paul. Aiden develops. In comes Crowder. Bridges gets better. Etwan Moore comes in, and, like, this team just fits so well together. Uh, Cam Cam Johnson off the bench, like this team fits well together. They're smart, and like I feel, I feel like you know, d- depending on Chris's health, you know, going forward because he's thirty six and he's five eleven, like this team can make a, this team can be a, a contender for the next two two years or so, maybe three years, like depending on how this all runs. Like I, I think that he's that special of a talent. I always thought it was like. I understand we talk about people would have numbers on these shitty teams, whatever. But like, he looks like somebody if he was that 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 if he was in the playoffs, he was never gonna be scared. And like, he's been better. Than I thought he was gonna be in the playoffs. So I'm I'm super happy for dude. And like, they better get them shoes ready for that dude. That dude, <laughs> that hey, dude can man, make a lot, lot of money for whoever like, uh, for Nike. He really could. You know, hey, you know, it, it's real easy to do well for yourself as a star shooting guard, and people like you. You know, because I don't think people ever really like James Harden like that. So, like, there's a there's money to be made. There's no foul like, hunting. <laughs> there's no foul hunting. Like the game, like it's a more aesthetically pleasing game. It just it just is. Like there's a like is James Harden. I'm sorry, is Kyrie Irving better than James Harden? No, but Kyrie Irving plays it plays a style that is easier to watch and more fun to emulate. It just is. Like. I think that James Harden has a as big a bag as pretty much anyone ever in NBA history, but like the foul hunting is something that just pleases so many people and disgusts people. So it's like I, I get it, I get it. If you don't want to wear no James Harden's, and also like Adidas ain't really made that many good uh, basketball shoes. It's like the D Roses, in my opinion. But like whatever, I, I wouldn't even know what to do with somebody if they showed up in the James Harden shoes. I'd be like, hmm. So what do you play like? <laughs> I'm like so, I can't expel no help on the defensive end. Oh, okay, oh, got gotcha. wow. gotcha. <laughs> you. Oh, you you gonna stand over there while while the rest of us on offense and you ain't shooting this time? Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Like um, if you, if you were if you're looking through the Adidas catalog, you got to be out here looking for to get the dames before you get the the Hardens, right? Of course. Yeah, yeah. Or the you know or the moon boots, you know <laughs> the old Kobe's. Oh my god, you know, the moon boots. They did. Co- also, Kobe should have left earlier. He should have left Adidas earlier. <laughs> Buy out the contract. <laughs> oh, I, mean, man. That's that, I think it was a seven-year deal with them. Uh, I, don't, I don't quite remember, but... Um, Adidas is yeah, uh, out here making all the mistakes in the 2000s. They were like, hey, uh, this LeBron thing, we don't think it's going to work. Uh, we, we ain't going to give you the... We ain't going to give you no $80 million or whatever, $70 million, whatever it was. And then Nike's like, oh, we're... Here's this ninety. <laughs> the rest is history. Right, I guess. I guess we're done. I guess it's not a time to talk about wrestling or this wrestling podcast. Um, sure. WWE Hell in a Cell in uh, June this year. <laughs> oh man, this was 
this show is a perfect encapsulation, in my opinion, of what we talk about seemingly like every quarter with WWE. These wrestlers, God bless them, they try so hard, they wrestle so hard, and then it's time for the executive producer, uh, the, the show writer, to tell them to do stupid stuff that is off-putting to the fan base and makes everybody's effort feel like it was a waste of time um, at times. Like, that Charlotte and Rhea match was very good, and then that finish was stupid. Uh, the main event Hell in Cell match was very good, and then it was a, such a deflating sheep finish in a six this in a six month feud that was and it was like infuriating. The only thing that that truly was bad on this on this card as far as the wrestling in the ring uh, was the was the. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Shayna and Alexa match, but like you knew that before going in, that was gonna stink. So, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, hip- hypnotism, I, I, whatever. What are your general thoughts on the show, Rich? Um, I watched the first four matches, uh, and then you know, I had kind of heard about the uh, the other two matches, and I was like, you know what, fuck it, I'm not subjecting <laughs> myself to it. I'm not gonna watch this terrible DQ that just like makes no fucking sense, and they can't figure out who the the good and the bad guy is in this feud. And apparently, the good guy is supposed to be Rhea Ripley. Um, whatever. Um, <laughs> then the you know to hear they're doing distraction roll up finishes in the Hell in a Cell, I was like, I'm not gonna do it. No, fuck you. <laughs> like. <laughs> Right. Um, they, then they have the fucking voodoo with 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 uh, Alexa Bliss, and uh, she's forcing Nia Jax to slap the Reginald dude. I mean, Reginald normally in, in a way, anyway. So she was doing the arm stars and all all arm stomp. You saw it. I said arm stomps. The arm stomps. You watched it. So it's like she is basically like working her over and beating her up and then she's like selling it and no selling and then Shayna's like oh you know so that? Alright how about I break up the next uh, joint you have like she just kept going she kept going like I will go piece by piece on your arm until I eventually get you to sell and I and I can win and then eventually she what was she? What happened? She was undone by the, by the show writing by the script like I'm sorry. I feel bad for Shayna too. I feel bad for Shayna too. It, it seemed like it was the story of this fucking storyline sucks. These wrestlers uh, looks like they they tried to save it, yep. and then the finish came, yep. and then it was bullshit. So it was like the 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 video package would would be fucking confusing and weird. The work is okay to whatever, and then the endings just like oh, so uh, we we can go through it. I guess we can go. Yeah. Uh, can we start with the with the good part? <laughs> the first hour. The first hour was very yeah. good. Um, yeah, the first two matches. Uh, the first match is the SmackDown Women's Title Hell in a Cell match between Bianca Belair and Bailey. Um, it got a little silly at the beginning, but they kept once they once you once you got the story for me, or at least for me, like once they were doing some silly stuff, and then like they got to the story of they keep messing with. Uh, you know, start doing the. I'm oh, sorry, the the HBT, the hair based tactics with with with, uh, with B- Bianca and and Bailey and hair control and then tying up the hair into things and then thwarting Bailey uh, as she's trying to you know uh, get advantage of the fact that she tied her hair up and then by the end um, you get you get braid control and then like she's wearing her ass out. 
Um, I thought the spot, I thought the, the ending was a little too cute, where it's, you know, she teased like she's about to do the KOD to uh, Bailey on the ladder. Um, she, you know, Bailey ducks, or Bailey rolls, and then Bianca anticipates that she lands, she basically rolls off, uh, rolls through to her feet, and then hits a, I think a, a flip senton onto Bailey, who's on the, who's still on the, the, uh, the, the ladder and then KLD's on the ladder. I thought they could have just did the KLD right there or just ended on the 450 splash on the ladder and that, that could have been fine. But I mean, that's kind of nitpicky. I thought that generally speaking, it was a good match. It was a very good match. A, a damn good match. I think it gave it, uh, I think I may have gave it three and three quarters of four. I don't remember. I have to look. I have to look. Yeah. I thought it was more smart than spectacular. Yes. Um, this was definitely different from, was- um, her match against, uh, Sasha last year, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's another good win for for Bianca, who's mm-hmm. like, if you like the the Bianca rear race is just fascinating. Like seeing is how Bianca's pretty much got Sasha and Bailey to work with, and they gave Rhea, Oscar, and Charlotte to work with, and it's like we're getting dramatically different results. I feel like. Um, and- well, one. I feel like a lot of it is one, they know what to do with one, the other one, they have no clue. Like, they don't know if they want to make her one. a heel or a face. And with, and with Bianca, it was like, she's a face. She just is. Like, she'll be a heel eventually, but she's a face, oh, and she's yeah. going to make her the top face of the women's division. And, like, knowing what the fuck you want to do kind of helps. Yeah. Um, I was a little flabbergasted by by the um, uh, the video package and the storyline going into it. It's lame. It was, it, it's it, lame. it was just weird. It was lame. Um, but I, I think they wrestled about as good as they could to get around that. Bianca Belair kind of gave me a uh, vibe. If she keeps doing more of these Hell in a Cell matches, maybe she could be like the undertaker of women's Hell in a Cell matches just because she's like strong and tall and can throw people around and shit like that. I, I, thought, I think that may be a, a good way to go with her. But it's so funny because she like be smiling but be whooping ass and shit. So it, it's funny. <laughs> I'm gonna edit this off before the Sasha fans come for you. So just let you know. Mm, mm. Like, well, you know, just just, she, just physically, you know. So like, no, okay. So you, how you about know, we this? You, you so, somebody has to be the Undertaker of Hell in a Cell. Someone has to be the Triple H Undertaker. Meaning, like, they both the two people that did the shit the most. Like, if you want to say that one of the without deciding which is which you want to say like the two most prolific hell in the sellers sure but don't come yeah. out here saying that like don't come out here saying that sasha ain't, ain't the one for hell in a cell they'll come yeah, for you. if it's if, if it's anybody that, that has been a sasha bank stand on this show it's been me so i know i'm just trying um, i'm just i'm just trying to make sure they they will catch know, they you lacking that's all yeah, i'm sure uh yeah i'm sure they will you know try to come and take it out of contest but check the archive hoes so <laughs> um you know um, <laughs> um yeah man so bianca another another um you know uh victory gets the job done you wonder what's next for her. uh she kind of cut a promo that alluded maybe bailey is still next i don't know why or how um uh, seeing as how bailey got this title by simple the title shot by simply laughing after she had already lost it as a woman so who knows um hopefully there's like you know, maybe like can, can we just get a placeholder opponent or something? Like I don't know, but how about we get a uh, build that seems? How about we bed. get a build that doesn't seem to just be like infantile for 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 Bianca? Like the Sasha one was you're a rookie, and this one is oh these uh, are these these are all very um 
grade one by the book first time champion style things. There's nothing that's like grabbing you by the throat with what, what Bianca's doing. Like my thing is like I don't know if you necessarily should show these video packages because it makes it it makes her look less cool. Look, like if like this, she was in the opener, right? I, she was in the opener, right? Yeah. Just bring her yeah. out, have the match, and let the match go on because nothing really tied back to that video package you show. Obviously, you know, it's a time it's a time fill, but like it, if it makes if it makes a person you want to get over less cool, don't show it. Just run the match and let the match impress the fans. Because the match on its on its own was impressive enough to be like, yeah, Bailey or sorry, uh, Bianca and Bailey are both that deal. Yeah. So um, yeah, we can go to the next match. Um, Seth Rollins and Cesaro. Thought this was fine, but you know, I've I've my rule is I've seen a million Seth Rollins versus Cesaro matches, and I just don't care about about them. Uh. Another goofy video package uh, between <laughs> Seth Rollins and Bailey. I don't know who's more annoying. It's um, like they're running the same gimmick, except like ones ones for the women's division, and ones for the men's division. Yeah. Like, do you see the part like during the during the video package where like they're together doing the during uh, Bailey's thing and they're both sounds doing like the, the, the laughing? It's like yo, it's just like that is that sounds like the segment from Hell. Like yeah. like between between B- Bailey allegedly being the, the person that that with the promos that carried the industry and and Seth with the drip game is like yo these two characters like they're living off their rep like they got fans mm-hmm. based off the work they're living like they are living off the work they used to do not the rep not what they are doing right now ain't only I'm only talking about like on the mic in the ring they're still both going. To uh to a certain degree, like, obviously Seth ain't been what he's been, in, you know, or compared to 2018. But like this, this is a quality match. Um, I thought that this is underrated on the goofy finishes uh, aspect of the show, not the fact that who won or who lost, but like for Cesaro to get to the end of this match by uh, doing the spin, slapping on the sharpshooter. Seth goes to the rope or gets to the ropes, fights to the ropes. Cesaro says, no, you don't. Crossface. Another reach. Roll all the way back to the middle of the ring. Sit back up for the for the uh, sharpshooter in the middle of the ring. Seth goes to reach with the right hand. Cesaro then tra- grabs the right hand and then starts stomping it to the mat, to the canvas, the right arm. And then for like, from that, from literally that, for he's stomping on his arm two, three times, Seth is screaming bloody murder and grabbing his shoulder like it's coming out the socket to Seth grabs the back of his head with the left arm and then hooks into a inside cradle and then hooks the leg with the with the bad right arm and is with the right arm able to hold him down for three seconds. I was like, wait, why did he just stomp on his arm if he if he's strong enough to still hold him down? Then what the fuck? That's well, weird. That's like a, I thought that was goofy. This loss or that pinfall was a uh, way to send Cesaro out of the singles division. So, James, I'm going to ask, who's Cesaro's next tag team partner? Big E, maybe. <laughs> um, but my thing is this: if you want to, if you want Seth Rollins to be Cesaro, curb stomp him. Fine. If you if you want to beat him, with a, if you want to continue to feud for TV with that finish, fine. Don't stop his arm. What do we do? What? Why? He has a. How do you hold? How do you hold a grown man down after you just uh, with, with one arm after you just beat him? Beat that arm up. 
I thought I thought y'all said that y'all have psychology and tell stories. Listen, this that's a poor the, one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm. I don't know. I. It's hard for me to care. Like I. I feel like Cesaro has been like they. They gave him that little push to heat him up to have the title match. Now they're sending him back right down the way he came up through hey, Seth Rollins. I, so. understand, I understand. You know. Uh, the uh, J- I understand the Jadeness, but like that is good booking. Like you want someone to get a title shot, you build them to get a title shot, and then you and then if you're not making them a champion, you beat them and then you move them back down from where they were. Like that's most people, most posi- most uh, uh, I almost said possessions. Most uh, <laughs> uh, promotions do that for for to make oh, a challenger. No, I'm I- I'm saying that because. These people thought Cesaro was about to be a main event around. Oh, well, those are those people that are, you know, those are people that are that are uh, what's the word, sycophants, you know, apologists. Nah, man. Yeah, man. I, I have too many. I have too many war wounds. To war wounds for, this for to believe that. Yeah, yeah. I've seen this movie before. And it's on a cold day. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ends with a cold day. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then I ain't for the West band and Alyssa Bliss versus Shayna Baszler. My God, I don't even know what I saw in this. Um, I saw hypnosis. I saw voodoo. Um, I watched the video package and I was utterly baffled. Like I saw her earlier in the show in a pre-tape. Alexa's on a swing, and I'm like, "What?" I like this is my first time actually seeing the gimmick. Like in like, you know, really. Watching the show, uh, not okay. seeing clips of it on Twitter or whatever. Gotcha. This is just like gotcha. the, the presentation, how they want you to see it or whatever, gotcha. right? And I'm just mm-hmm. like, so she's not a child. That's what y'all are like saying. Like, no, this no. is a child. No, she's a child. And because she's dressed as a child, a, a, a number of scumbags are, are, th- are throwing views at this because they got, because they're pedos. Uh, on the low, and like this is problematic. It's hella problematic. And like Look, we've been pointing and- that out since, and everyone's been pointing that out since day one. But people don't want to listen to it because like they just want to be creeps. They'd be like, so we're the ones that are the the issue, not the WWE for like putting this out, not the the actual like I don't know. It's 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 I, it all looks fucked up. Let's just say that. Like, like if the whole she- thing is like if you put if you. Wrote out that storyline in a vacuum. It's like, okay, so we're going to put an adult woman who is small. Um, and, like, for years, I've had, like, the male, a lot of the males in the fan base, like, gawk at her because of how, because of her, how petite she is. Um, then dress her up as a girl. And then, like, the YouTube numbers run. It's like, I'm kind of disgusted with the fan base, to be honest with you. Like, <laughs> the, like, the company's already made that concession, so it's like, and I did you expect them to do better? <laughs> like they do shows in Saudi Arabia, but like, come on, like this is awful. And like anyone trying to defend it is like, yeah, bro, like y'all, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't rock with you. I just, I just, I don't, <laughs> I don't. If you if if, I, if you were listening to the show and you were on and you were on this Alexa Bliss as a child vibe, hey, bro. Kindly like press stop or pause on on the on the uh, on your device and delete this podcast and like unsubscribe because I don't want you to support us. Like no disrespect, if you, you if, go you if go, if go you on that side. Alexa Bliss stuff. I feel like 
we need to make sure there's not a blue dot on your home. You know. <laughs> oh my god. I, I need to I need to check and see if the, you know the, make sure there's no registry uh involved with your name, you know. Um <laughs> so um this was trash. Um just the lowest of the low. Is the thing going to win yeah. like uh is the fiend going to win um, back to back for for 2021 on our um, who? I'm sorry, uh, put him in, uh, the put, him in the, put him in a coffin. Is he is he going to win back to back years? Or, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Is they going to win because now the fiend is also Alexa, know, is, yeah. yeah. So they, yeah. This is. It looks like they are maybe running away with it, bro. Worst one, worst WrestleMania match possibly ever, and then like the worst match in this pay per view, like they. The Fiend is just worst gimmick, bro. It, One of the worst it, gimmicks of all like, time. It, it's like we've been, you know, is it, or it's like somebody told y'all this. Um, <laughs> Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, <laughs> another in the infinite chapters <laughs> of Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens. Is it? This is it weird? Right. Is it weird that like I've seen them wrestle a lot more, or at least I feel like I've seen them wrestle a lot more than Sam or than uh, Seth and Cesaro, and like I'm finding them more interesting to, to watch. Yes, infinitely. Um, I wish that they would make Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens do all the gimmick matches. Like, you know, when you pull up, uh, you know, SmackDown, uh, (laughs) know your role, and then you go to match types, and there's like Uh, all of them in the big wheel. Like, uh, they need to do all the match types. We need to see Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens in a basket match. They need to bring out that Johnny Gargano gimmick wheel from from, uh, Halloween Havoc from last year. (laughs) We need to spin the wheel, and every week they do a new gimmick match. Hell in a Cell, casket match, ladder match. Two so, out of three falls, submission match, I quit match. So appara- everything. So word is, or at least I, I heard that something along the lines of like this was all this is on the borderline of almost being a hell in a cell match. Um and they decided to go, I think they decided to go with uh Bailey and, and Bianca. So I mean, it is whatever. Eventually they'll get they'll we'll get one in a couple years eventually between those two. Um really enjoyed the match. Um, the story, the story where they were telling with, uh, Buddy Thorne that the tongue and spike or whatever else, uh, two days before. So twice in the Nigerian neck. nail, it's tongue and spike, like <laughs> whatever, same shit. Like Nigerian nail. sure the Nigerian nail. I'll, I'll be sure to remember that when next time I watch, uh, what's his name? Commander Aziz. Commander Aziz. Yeah. I've never, yeah. I'll, I'll be sure to remember the next time I watch him wrestle. Uh, so yeah, he's selling the effects of the uh, Nigerian nail. I almost call him Nigerian nightmare. That's that's Kamarusin. <laughs> but um, yeah. So once he hit him with, <laughs> once he hit him with the double in, he he was selling this move. So uh, or he hit him twice. So he was selling it. So like he went into a Wigan state. Um, there's a part in the match. Do you, do you think he he was actually hurt? He hurt his arm on that dive from Sammy catching him. Because I thought no, for a split, I, I thought for a split second, I was like, oh, he got me. He actually got me. Yeah, I think he's just a great seller. Yeah. Like, so, uh, match continues. They, they start uh, working on his arm. They get to a point where they start uh, beating the crap out of each other with head butts and then forearms and fists. Um, and I think he's uh, working over his arm at one point. And he ends up getting a free spot and he's with, with his corner kick and he ends up getting a win. And I think that was like the first time Sammy. I think Sammy Zayn is like, I think it's like his fourth win in like three years or some shit like that in a singles match. Wow. I heard Sami Zayn hadn't won a match since like October or some shit. Yeah, yeah, 
but I'm saying like this is also like his fourth singles win in, like since in like three years some shit like that. Remember like when he came back from the end from uh, 2000 was it 2018 when he came back and he, he remember like he was doing all that job and then doing all the doing the you know the the Vince McMahon um anger therapist stuff and then uh, the anger therapist basically being his voice his sounding board for his disgust for the fans and then he you know he did that Lashley thing with John for Lashley with with Max Caster <laughs> and like he was you know they put him on tag teams and made the IC champion and then like he never been anybody while doing that stuff though like the match he would be winning would be like multi-man matches and tag matches yeah man um yeah, take it away. Charlotte versus Rhea. Oh, man. Um, Charlotte versus was, Rhea. This is what Triple H was talking about when, when, when he had to pay off in, in the back pocket. Hey, this finish actually does play into that. How? How? I'll explain it. If you go back and watch their match from WrestleMania, um, WrestleMania 36, Charlotte eventually hurts her... They, they beat the shit out of each other. Charlotte hurts her leg, slaps on the uh, figure eight, and she taps out. Um, and she taps out. The finish of this match is she works her, she gets her leg at, at a certain point, um, and then gets on, slaps on the the uh, figure eight. Rhea makes the ropes and p- drags both of them out to the floor, gets by the table. And basically takes a lame DQ like Charlotte would take a lame DQ defending her title. It's not a good story. Didn't say it was a good story. But actually plays into furthering this feud. Um, I thought that if this match had a finish, it's been a very good match. I thought this finish was super lame. This is some shit that's out of uh, out of like out of like a, a bad raw, a bad episode of Raw. And it's, you say the same thing for the main event finish, where it's like, yo, these two finishes for these last two matches were awful, and these two people, and these four people are working their asses off. Um, and this was like, this was, Charlotte and Reed just have good chemistry. They just do. Um, they've, always, they've always had it. But, like, this was a match that Rhea really needed um, after struggling with Asuka um, in singles form, starting out the box. And, like, they had a very good match in the ring, and then they and then Vince said, "Undo it, undo, undo all of the good what you just did for what you worked for fourteen minutes to do." Uh, it was an awful finish. And at the end, what's uh, up with this with this gif I'm seeing getting passed around? Charlotte kicking the air like it was a video game test or something. She went to kick twice from behind. Uh, she's facing the hard cam, and. I don't know if Rhea moved or whatever else, but Charlotte like kicks twice and both times doesn't connect. Yeah, it looked very bad. Oh, it did. But it did. <laughs> like if you only saw um, that gift, you thought they had like some some like one and a half star match. Yeah. Um What a terrible finish. I, yes. I don't yes. Know, just... Especially, especially if you're someone like us, there's like they, they just they just announced the match is happening again next month on pay per view. I'm like, fuck you, like I right. just <laughs> right. You gave us a 14 minute title match and you fucked us, and now you say run it back out there. No, especially for especially shit. for like something that's not super heated either. 
Like I don't say oh, they had to pull to up our like thing or whatever, but it's but it's like nobody nobody trying thinks to heat this feud up. Nobody, nobody cares. Baby. Nobody thinks this is AJ Styles uh uh going for the double count out with Samoa Joe after he calls out Wendy. No, this is not the same thing. It's not that they, level um, of heated to where I need to see this again. No. It just feels like they're on the countdown to give Charlotte the belt back because they have Rhea, from what I hear, do the DQ thing, then do her fucking move at the end and stand tall. And it's like, oh, well, why so, didn't you beat Charlotte? So about that. Oh. So about that. She hit the ripcord earlier in the match, and it was so it was right next to the ropes. She and Charlotte put her uh, either put her foot on the rope or her, hand, her arm or grab the rope. I forgot which one, but they. That was like that was right before they got to the um, right before they got to the 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 finish part where the figure eight happens because Rhea blew her stack because she didn't beat her with a move, um, and then at the end after they fought after the the fuck finish she hits her with a move like yeah not good not good really bad finish really bad finish but not the yeah. worst finish on the night not because we're about to get to it. WWE title Hell in a Cell match to champion Bobby Lashley versus the challenger Drew McIntyre. This is the culmination of a six-month program that started in January of this year. Um, you did? Yeah. Uh, when did Miz cash and money in the bank? Elimination Chamber? Was it Elimination Chamber or was it before? Was that for Rumble? No. Um, it might have been fast lane. Okay, so maybe so maybe five months. Five months. Whatever. Four months. Whatever. Um, MVP and Bobby Lashley strike a deal with Miz to help Miz cash in money in the bank so that uh, Miz will then have to face Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley becomes champion after quickly dispatching Miz because Miz was a choke champion. And... It's, it's, you have envy, you have Drew McIntyre chasing after his title from that point forward, from, from before WrestleMania all the way to now, we're in June. And Drew lo- uh, lost his rematch at Wrestle or lost his match at WrestleMania for the title. He, um, didn't get pinned. Braun Strowman got pinned uh, at the last pay-per-view. And then it gets to he was number one contender. He lost to Kofi with the help of he lost the number one contendership to Kofi with the help of MVP, and then got it back to get his last shot with Bobby Lashley by saying, and Bobby Lashley said to him, "This is your last chance. Once I beat you, we're done. You're ne- you can never face me for the WWE Championship again." Drew says, "I'll agree if we have it in Hell in a Cell." And then after they beat this living shit out of each other for twenty five minutes, something like that, they end it where the top baby face in the promotion. <laughs> that, that, that that's what Drew McIntyre is, correct? The top the top baby face in the promotion, right? I mean, I, I feel like I keep seeing more and more things about how people are tired of him and they want him to move the fuck on, and I'm just like, what did Drew McIntyre do to y'all? I quit. I've still waited. Is there another baby face that's a bigger baby face than him in the commotion right now? Uh, I would say no. Okay. The top baby face in promotion, 
loses in a 25-minute championship blow-off main event match on a pay-per-view by having his foot grabbed by the fucking ref, or sorry, by the uh, man, by the ops manager, and he turns back to the op, and then the op schoolboys him for the one, two, three. That is such a lame finish for a program that you've built for months. Nothing fucking matters. <laughs> Um, and bro, like they they did so they beat the shit out of each other. I, like I was I was, I would seriously suggest going back and watching that match. It's a four star match. I said go back watch that match. Watch the watch the dude. Okay, so you know how they talk about like who was a baseball scout? They talked about how um, Bo Jackson, like the the ball the ball the sound of the ball hitting his baseball bat. He only heard that kind of sound come off a baseball bat. Two times ever. Uh, the Negro League player Joe Gibson and Babe Ruth. And and then Bo ja- and then Bo Jackson. Those are three people you ever heard all, that kind all of All three brothers. Right. God damn it. So anyway. The James, sec- how do you celebrate Juneteenth? Watching NBA basketball. The uh the the the, the sound of Bobby Lashley cracking the kendo stick across the, the the like the traps of of Drew McIntyre set they sound unlike any other kendo stick shots I've ever heard. They didn't crack, they thudded. And then I'm thinking like these are light shots. What's going on? And then you see McIntyre's back. And it looked like he got sliced the fuck up by Freddy Krueger. And I'm just like, yo, I thought he was hitting him light. No, he's hitting him harder than I've ever seen anyone get hit with these things before. And I just didn't recognize because it sounded different. Yo, I I really enjoyed the match. Those two worked really well together. Another instance of Drew McIntyre just doing God's work. (laughs) Everybody hates him. I I don't get it. He's he's been on top too long. He has no edge. WWE's bad at babyface characters. Yada yada yada. I get it. I don't care. Like the dude comes out every big match has a and has a and works his ass off and has a great match every single Ooh, night. Go. Every single pay per view. I don't y'all, care. Y'all don't like him? Let him go. Yeah. Like <laughs> let him come to AEW. I love to see him wrestle John Moxley. I love to see him wrestle Kenny Omega. I love to see him wrestle uh Kenny or um sorry uh. Phoenix, Pentagon, um, Eddie Kingston, uh, Pac. I-, I love to see him wrestling them dudes. Everybody's just just so down on this guy. I I don't get it. Him and Roman Reigns are the two MVPs of this company so far this year. So I don't. I don't I'm sorry. I, I watch I watch all the big shows. Of y'all shit. What are y'all talking about? Like I understand. You know, Raw Raw is Raw. It's gonna be three hours. It's gonna suck. It happens. I understand that SmackDown is going to be the same thing you see every single fucking week for two weeks, uh, for two hours every Friday. I understand that. When Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre have big matches, them shits go off. I'm sorry. Depending on the level, do they go off on the level of some New Japan shit? No. Do they go off on the level that that uh, representative of? Or, or, do they do they go off to the level of main roster, main event, big match wrestling historically? Absolutely. I'm sorry. Them two are, them two, those are the two. If you're tired of them, turn the fucking show off. 
Like if you if you are tired of the horsewoman and Oscar and Bianca and Rhea and um the big dog Roman Reigns, I'm sorry, the tribal chief Roman Reigns and the Irish uh whatever their their, their name in uh Drew McIntyre. I'm sorry. If if those are the people that bother you on this show, whatever that they give out, turn off the fucking show. What are you watching for? Because everything below them all fucking stinks to some to some degree. Aside from like Rey Mysterio here and there and a few little acts here and there. Everything else is way below below the, the bar. Sorry. I watch I, I watch this shit every single week. It's always the same names as, that are having the best matches or doing the coolest things that I see. Yeah, I I just don't give a fuck about this company. So, <laughs> um, no, and, and that's I, fine. I that's but it. I'm saying like for... the people that you, the people that say this stuff or whatever about they're tired of somebody that's you know side of Drew McIntyre, tired of Roman Reigns, or tired of whatever else. Like, hey, bro, who's doing better than them? Not saying that someone couldn't. But who's doing better than them? Are they fucking up right now? Are you tired of them? Like that's that's watch a different promotion. They can't be bothered to do that. I watch the promotions. <laughs> I don't get I, all I do is watch the pay-per-views and the big matches that come through on uh TV that I hear to go watch. My relationship with WWE main roster is so much better than it was three years ago. So much better. Or four years ago. So much better. Man. Incredible. Um yeah. So, yeah, I I don't know. Overall, up and down. Um, you know those finishes stink. Yeah, um, absolutely. So that's gonna, that's gonna stick stick with people. You know yeah. the, the last thing on the show, and this wasn't just the last thing. It was the last two things on yeah. the show. So, and um, I think there was an and I think there was a, a an all time awful match and another shitty finish on that show. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Friday night. Um, so at AEW Dynamite, very interesting opener. Um, we got the MMA cage fight between Hager and Wardlow, and this thing was a blast. It was serious. It, it they did it to where it felt like a really big match. Um, it was fucking comedy at certain points. Oh God! And they they took it serious too. So they played it like straight throughout like the entrances. They showed the split screen, you know, when they first came on air, like Hager and Warlow all walking out, they had Spears as Warlow's cornerman. Jericho was, uh, Hager's, uh, they came out and kind of played it straight in the first round. Like they were, you know, throwing blows and, uh, attempting submissions and takedowns and stuff. It was, it, it was worked MMA, but it was, it was fun. So, Fine by me. The um, yeah. So like the the second round is when it all gets like fucking crazy. Like there's a part where Warlow uh, gives uh, Hager the fucking Seth Rollins buckle bomb into the fucking cage. I fucking howled when that happened. Warlow then gave him a hurricanrana and then <laughs> speared him or whatever. So Warlow's like shoeless. Hager's in full fight gear or whatever, and it's it's really entertaining and really fun i love the presentation of it it was just them doing something different they had a real octagon out there uh, <laughs> so it wasn't like some fake like fence or whatever so it was um, the lion's den yeah it was not the lion's den oh it wasn't um, okay okay <laughs> nah they, they had a real like you know it looked regulation you know um so uh eventually hager got the uh triangle choke applied and uh, he ended up getting a submission because obviously he can beat Wardlow because Wardlow's not a fucking MMA fighter. So um, 
that it all breaks down pretty much. The shit was fucking hilarious between rounds. Uh, Jericho's advising uh, Hager, and it's like, what the fuck is Chris Jericho telling you how to do, telling you what to do in an octagon? Like, I don't, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I know it's an audio medium. I, I, when Rich said that, what, what is Jericho gonna tell him to do? I literally raised my my left, my right elbow and point my left like hit, yeah. him, with this, hit him with this juice. Get him Bro, the fuck out that's of here. funny. <laughs> so it all be that man down. with an MMA finish. Yes, yes. Uh, it all breaks down. So like, um, after the submission, like. Uh, Spears attack Hager and then Jericho jumped into Octagon. They have a big brawl. Um, MJF runs out and he attacked uh, Jericho's elbow. He puts him in the, in the submission <laughs> or whatever because Jericho's still wearing the fucking thing or whatever. Um, yep. Dean Malenko came out to stop the fight. MJF punched Dean Malenko. Or they still using Dean Malenko? Dean Malenko out here. And then Sammy Guevara's music played and he ran out. He hopped over to Octagon and then they announced Sammy Guevara and MJF for next week. Hmm. So, so why has it now that this is the second time they have used um, Dean Malenko as a you know a bit of a hostage or collateral damage, right? Uh, when is Inner Circle or Tony Khan gonna pay for that man's like security or protection? Okay, because you can't be because so, you can't be letting that dude like you use you as like emotional ransom all the time like this. So Malenko ran out with others to break it up. Or whatever, and he just happened to get caught by MJF. So what I'm saying is, Tony Khan need to pay, or Inner Circle need to pay for his security, so that like this no longer keeps happening to where the Bayface get their asses whooped. I'm tired. Look, I'm tired of, after watching WWE. I'm tired of hearing about Bayface getting their ass whooped. I, I, I watch that once a month. <laughs> this is the second time they. This is the second time they've used this man. Well, I got some more news for you. So there was a two-on-one handicap match. Uh, Ethan Page and Scorpio Scott, they fought Darby Allen. And um, Dar- Darby oh, Allen Yeah, this Sting told like, him not to, he told Sting not to show up, right? Yes. Uh, so basically, Darby fought these niggas. Like, <laughs> and you almost thought he was going to win. But at the end, like, you know, it, it was too much. Like, um, they they fucked him up. They, they put him in the... In the um, <laughs> You know the the razor's edge move that Ethan Page uses. Uh, that should look disgusting because it was like he threw that man a million feet in the air and just like fucked him up. Uh, I think men of the year are clicking because they actually have a name now. It kind of you know there has. I think they have like a little aesthetic. Like they're they're shit eating bad guys. Um, yeah. And yeah, so uh, after that, combined um, weight. How much was their combined weight? Do you remember? I don't remember. I would imagine would it's it be, like would it would it be would it be four or five times more than Darby? Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> it will be three and a half times more than Darby. I would fair imagine. Enough. Fair enough. So uh, Cassidy, Orange Cassidy, got a win over Benoni of the Wingmen. So the Wingmen were out there. Um, I always like the Wingmen. So. Um, they did a Jungle Boy and Kenny segment, so oh, <laughs> shit God, was fucking was hilarious. This? So uh, Jungle Boy was backstage. Uh, he was getting interviewed by I was Marvis, but uh, Kenny Omega walked up. Don Callis and Nakazawa they, they pulled up in a golf cart, and Kenny came, you know, kind of dressed normal. So he he wasn't wearing like his expensive clothes. He just kind of had like a uh, he had some shorts on or whatever, and um. 
he basically he said, Jungle Boy, what's up? You know, why, why don't we just, you know, go ahead and run it right now and backstage? And then Jungle Boy was like, you know, I prefer to, you know, fight you next week or whatever. And then Kenny said, hey, free punch, you know, gave him the setup or whatever. And but Michael Nakazawa then attacked him with the laptop and Kenny beat his ass. And Omega and Callis escaped on the golf cart. And the funny shit was Michael Nakazawa tried to get in the golf cart with him. And Kenny, like, used his foot and kicked Nakazawa out of the <laughs> golf cart and drove off. So they, so they still got Nakazawa out here dressing like an IT guy. Yes. All right. And that man's an assistant. I need, to see the, I need to see the video of this man kicking him off so they can get away faster. That's hilarious. Yeah. You're going yes. to weigh us down, baby. Like, nah, stay in this ocean. Yeah. <laughs> we got to get the fuck out yeah. of here. Yep. So um, I, I then nodded off slightly. So, uh, it, you know, these these 10 o'clock uh, dynamites and this was after I, I got the, I got my jab on Friday or whatever. So I was like, mm, you know, I'm a little sleepy. So um, I wake up at the very end of the Cody and Brock Anderson against the factory match. I didn't really see much of Brock Anderson, but um, he ended up getting win over. Um, uh uh, Aaron Solo. So up next, Andrade El Idolo had a sit down with an interview with Jim Ross. He said he chose AEW because there are many stars, but he's a superstar. Uh, he talked about he, you know, the championships AEW. Talked about the TNC title, world title. Said he's working with Vic Guerrero because uh, she's experienced and she's a Guerrero, so they have a great connection. Uh, but we have to wait because they have a surprise or whatever. Mm-hmm. Was was a surprise that Charlotte was going to do uh, the double moonsault and then the the kick spin back elbow? I hope not because she does it a lot worse. Um. <laughs> that double spin, yeah, it was not smooth. That double moonsault, but the, the, the spin back elbow was actually there though. Um, I wanted to start doing hammer like DDTs. Damn! Look, uh, I'd rather could, see her do that than that. Um, that, that bro, that that uh, what's it called? What's her flip spin move? Cutter, uh, natural selection. Which one? Hamlet DDT or natural selection? Come on now. Well, you know the DDT might be like taken in, in the women's division. You never know. So, uh, oh, by Alexa Bliss. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So, uh, I'm sorry, the fiend. So Hangman accepted uh, Hobbs' challenge for Saturday. So that Saturday is Omega and Jungle Boy, Hobbs and Hangman. Uh, or two big matches. Is it uh, me, or does it Saturday. seem like this coming Saturday show is more loaded than uh, the uh, the previous shows? Yes. Okay. Saturday has an eight o'clock time slot, so oh, like it, so yeah, so it, it's almost like a we regular week, trying. but not. We out here yeah, trying, but not, hey, but not trying. all the way. So uh, these last four weeks, like I think they were solid, but they weren't mm-hmm. like. Like they were experimenting, they were putting new people in spots to try shit. Like the next match, we got Penelope Ford versus Julia Hart. So Julia Hart's been from AW Dark. She's with the Varsity Blondes. Oh, the cheerleader so, uh, woman. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, Penelope Ford ended up getting the win. Uh, wasn't anything too bad. It was all right. How is Julia um, Hart at, at, from what you've seen of her so far? She's fine. She's like nineteen. So I. Oh shit. Yeah. So okay. and she may not have that much experience either. So well, um, nineteen. Like if she was in yeah. Japan, if she would have tons of experience. That's why. That's what. I, that's what I mean. Like she, I don't think she's been at it for that long. So, yeah. um. So this part pissed me to fuck off. So Brit, I think her. I don't know what the fuck they're starting her title reign off w- with, but um, 
Brit and Rebel are doing an interview, but Vicky interrupts them. She's not happy because she wants the title around Nala Rose's waist. Um, Baker and Rebel pretty much just laugh Vicky off, and then um, Vicky was like, "What you laughing at? Like I, you know, I brought Andrade to this company, and Tony Khan told me like he owed me a favor, so I was able to book myself a match. So it's going to be." Brit and Rebel versus Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero for next week. I don't know if this is a swerve, but I don't even care. Why are you advertising Vicky Guerrero to wrestle? Okay, so currently from on the last time that Brit and Nyla Russell was the Eliminator, right? Yes. And Nyla won, right? Yes. I don't know. I don't know, man. Do you think they're actually going to build to... Are they actually building that, or is and this is the way they're doing it to, to build time, or what do you think? I think eventually we're doing a singles match where she gets that win back. Right, that's but my... But yeah, I, okay. I don't know what the fuck this is, though. <laughs> Something, a um, way to get to it without beating either one of them? Yeah. Um, like, they'll be, rub, they'll be rubbing on a heartbeat. They don't care. They, um, At least I think they don't. I forgot to mention, at the end of the... Penelope Ford and Julia Hart thing. Um, Miro came out and he asked uh, Penelope Ford where Kip Sabian is, and he he mocked um, uh, Penelope, saying, "You know, he told the blondes to leave before he attacked them." And then Miro and Pillman got into it, and they booked Miro and Pillman for the TNT title Saturday as well. Okay. So um, at the end, it was uh, Matt Jackson, the Good Brothers, uh, against Eddie Kingston, Penta, and Frankie Kazarian. Um, Nick Jackson was not at ringside to begin the match. He came in at the very end. Uh, Callus was on commentary. This Did was still have okay. that hair and beard? Um, I couldn't tell. He had a hat on. Okay. So I- I'm pretty sure he does. So... <laughs> um, so this, this was cool. Um, so like... They, I like the team of of Kingston, Penta, and Frankie because they're all kind of badasses from all different worlds. Kind of, um, Frankie is like got new gear. He has, he's wearing pants now. Um, it's funny because people have been calling him like since Moxley's not around right now. He's essentially just playing Moxley now, which is fucking <laughs> <That's> hilarious. <funny. laughs> um. But uh, yeah, so you know, this was this was all right. This, this was like he called himself what the elite killer. He's the elite hunter. The elite hunter. Okay, okay, the elite yep. hunter. Okay. Uh, so there was a couple good hot tags. Frankie did did a good hot tag here. Um, Matt Jackson was was carrying his side. Carl Anderson was pretty good too. Nothing really about about Gallows uh, too much <laughs> in this match. What a shock! Um, but they ended up. Um, Nick Jackson ran out. He um, caught Pentagon with, with the aerosol can, sprayed him, and then Anderson hit the uh, the top rope stun gun for the win. So Carl Anderson with the, with the win, and then we go off the air with uh, Who'd he pin? Nick pin Pentagon. So we go off the air with uh, you know everybody standing tall at the top, the Bucks and Good Brothers and Callus. I was like, huh, okay. All right. Um, <clears throat> <I'll... laughs> 
So MJ Govs and Sammy Guevara's Wednesday, the first Wednesday show back. Okay. Okay, so that's... Okay, all right. Um... They'll put they'll put Pentagon and Phoenix in the main event, but they damn sure gonna beat them. <laughs> it's wild. I, oh, that's always gonna irritate me. Oh, it's always gonna irritate me. Like, can they at least win one something that even resembles a big match? <laughs> uh, all right. Um, is that the end of the show? I I think it is. All right. Um, unless there's like. You know, you know, Big Dave gave up Tommy and Shuri a five and a half. Oh, you know. shit. That. Yeah. Um, yeah. Five and a half stars. Uh, I, uh, the word is, this is the first time Meltzer's given a woman's match five stars or better since this 1995, which is just like, okay. <laughs> like, I, like, I'm not exactly like the greatest Joshi historian in the world, but like, there have been there have been some great fucking matches, uh, mainly from Mako Satomura over the last in uh, over the last uh, twenty five years. Just, just might want to you know might have wanted to have watched those maybe just maybe. Uh, um, yes, yeah, really strange. Um, I don't know, man. Like obviously it's, it, it, this is gonna uh, get a lot of um, eyes for for stardom uh, from Western fans. Um, it definitely came in in time with them having the English feed. My only regret is that B previously wasn't in the match <laughs> at this point. Now I need the full <laughs> synergy from you know where there's a white person involved, so like the Joshi gatekeepers could be furious about oh, it, and God. we need that dynamic in this. I'm trying to think who would, I'm trying to think like who would have to be in the match for. Uh, for B Priest to have a five star match with someone, I'm trying to figure how what level of wrestler this this person would have to be. Um, she had a four star match with, with, with Will Osprey, so um, I don't know. It might only be it might only be Kenny and Shingo at this point, <laughs> but, <laughs> but but uh, but yeah, um, it's really it, it's cool. I don't think it's a five. I, I didn't write it down as a five star match. I think if it had a finish, I might have gone. I may have gone five stars with it, but um, that. But you know, it, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's really weird. Like I don't think it's the greatest starter match ever, but whatever. Like in the, the funny thing is, like the match that he they, that I think are he's he's only given four and a half to. Just like what? Uh, like he gave uh, one of those Mayu and um. EO matches from 2016-17, uh, four and a half. And I'm, I watched that match. I'm like, nah, bro, that, that ain't no four and a half star match. <laughs> uh, that's like that's at least four and three quarters. But um, yeah, yeah, man, I, it's cool with the help hey. promotion. But I hope get more eyes to you know hardcore fans. Like, cause he like it's not even just the five and a half that he gave the match. It's like the rest of that card. He have a lot of like I think he gave like every match like three or three he gave like every match like three and a half or something like that. Yeah, he gave a couple fours too, I think. Yeah. Uh he gave uh The I Cinderella think he final gave, he gave four. That I gave that four flat as well. I think he gave like uh there's something else he gave something way higher than I gave. I think he gave like the first uh the semifinal match between Hameka and um 
Kamatani like three and three quarters, and I was like, nah, that's not that bad. It's not that one that good. Uh, but yeah, I, he really liked that pay per view. I'm sure. <laughs> so um, we'll see how that goes in the future or whatever else. Um, Stardom actually uh, retweeted uh, one issue or not one issue. It was Social Suplex um, uh, tweet for our podcast last week talking about the pay per view in. Um, in that match, so I, I, that was kind of cool. Like Jeremy was telling us that, like his, he was wondering why, like the account blew up as far as uh, likes and retweets. But yeah, yeah. Man, so um, we all that are back this week. Nah, we ain't talking about no. <laughs> we talking about some bullshit. Well, I mean, there's nothing to talk about right now. Like, the, look, we do this show on Sundays and Mondays. The show's on tape delayed. It was these road two shows. Like the shows got out today. Like I wasn't able to watch. You know. Watch them. Like we'll re- we'll, re- we'll recap them t- next week, next show. So y'all can get to know James before he's doing English commentary for oh, uh, Stardom World. Yeah. So can you imagine how bad I'd be doing live commentary for wrestling? Oh my god, that'd be awful. <laughs> I'd be awful. <laughs> oh man, you you can do it. Can't be that hard. Don't. I, 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 just, I think look, I think look, it's a lot harder than people get- give it credit for being. You know, I just need to give you some fire pro matches and, and you go ahead and, and practice on those. You know, <laughs> practice on on on. Like I'm trying to think of like what I don't even know what I would watch to practice that kind of stuff. But whatever, it doesn't even matter. It's not happening. Well, I'm going on this hypothetical with you. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Let's get out of here, man. Let's end the show. Uh, thanks for listening, y'all. Be sure to rate us whatever app you're using uh, to listen to this podcast with uh, five stars. Um, Go to pro wrestling. And y'all, y'all didn't let us win. Like I, I I'm kind of disappointed in the Nation Knights. Uh, <laughs> He's still in this nation. Uh, That's the know, reason why you call us Nation. You call them Nation Knights. What is that? You know, I, you, what should I call them? Nationals. You know, <laughs> nationalists. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, can't believe y'all let us down. What was it? What, what y'all ain't like? I don't know, man. Um, I don't know. We might have, we, we we may have, you know, gone too far away from the main roster. I don't know. Too many good matches? You know, Maybe. Is that it? Yeah, I can imagine, like, some of the people, like, I'm we sorry. just picked it based off just the super talented and, like, you know, talent and also relative push to the company, to companies they're in. Like, yeah, we all, we understand Ricochet is one of the top 25, 30 best talents in the world when it comes to pro wrestling, but like Buddy on main event that shit, you know what I'm saying like yep. like you, it's easy to forget how good a lot of people are, so um, I think we should take that, I think I'll try to remember that when we go into next year and we do the draft is like, gotta kind of remember like, this person ain't really getting pushed or done anything all that compelling in a while or whatever else um I think I think next year we might have to rethink what we do with um, drafting so many Joshi. Um, so and just saying that we can just let it be be okay with the draft and getting away with like a Rhea Ripley and the Thunder Rose and it'll be okay. Like we might just need a flat out uh, woman star um, or a top woman star on the state side and then you know worry about like the Joshi thing for the second match on the card or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Like, anyway, it's crazy. It's roll, crazy. Man. It's crazy. We drafted Shuri and she like has a match that has four, four, five and a half stars, and it's like, oh, we're like finished third in the fucking thing. It's like, okay, whatever. 
Yeah, we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, uh, hit up the Red Circle. Um, drop us off with a donation. Um, also, be sure to go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Suplex and pick up some official Social Suplex Network merchandise. Um, also, listen to the other shows on the network. Uh, we, like this show, One Nation Radio. Uh, you have Keep It a Strong Style. You have Grumman Washer Shit. Ricky and Clyde's wrestling podcast actually on hiatus for now. But when it comes back, we'll be sure to um, plug it. Uh, well, we just kind of already did, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> the Grave Consequences Podcast. It Bit Suplex. All things elite and great matchup. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. One more thing. One more thing. Okay. If y'all ever feeling like Ben Simmons, don't. <laughs> <laughs>